Hey, hey, Rebels. Welcome to episode 144 of the Rebel Rising podcast. Do you ever feel like your mind is not your friend? You're standing in the kitchen, doing dishes, having an imaginary argument with your friend, and it's getting you all worked up and frustrated. Yeah, I do this too. Did you know that you can actually choose your thoughts so that you can create how you feel? You can, and you're in for a treat today because I'm talking with Stacy Fisher, who is a business and life coach, and she's also my friend and client. We are discussing her three-word rebellion, create how you feel, because your thoughts are not real and you get to decide what you think. Before we dive into how you do that, a bit about Stacy. She is the founder of The W Collective, which is a space for women to sit in circle together, to learn, to listen, to share, to laugh, to love, to cuss and cry. Her work is strategic and conscious, combining 17 years of entrepreneurship, cognitive-based coaching, curiosity, and some humor. Stacy is a certified life coach through the Life Coach School, holds an environmental biology degree from Texas Tech University. This conversation will give you a whole new perspective on how you can control your brain so that you create how you feel. Welcome to the Rebel Rising Podcast, where business owners, speakers, and entrepreneurs have real conversations about making the journey to becoming the next generation of thought leaders and influencers. This is the place to take a stand in your industry, get messy with your message, slay your mindset demons, and grow a profitable business that allows you to make a bigger impact while doing more good. Here's your host, the instigator of Three Word Rebellion, Dr. Michelle Mazur. Hi, Stacy. Welcome to the Rebel Rising Podcast. Hi, Michelle. I'm so happy to have you on the show today because the work you're doing with founders and entrepreneurs is so incredible. And I think it's a different way of approaching business altogether. So I'm excited to dive in. I'm excited to be here. So tell me, what are you rebelling against? Oh, I'm rebelling against a few things. <laughs> I'm rebelling mostly against this unconscious flow of life. I really want people to be more awakened to the thoughts that they're having in their heads, the feelings that those are creating, and really start to awaken that and use the power of their own mind to mm. do some good work and some change in this world. Yeah. And I'm also rebelling against all the feels that hold women back, most people back, but my work is with women. So I'm going to, I'm going to phrase that through the lens of women on this. Um, Really like holding women back and it stops them from launching that great idea or living that, the dream that they have inside of them, really rebelling against that. I just, I talk to women that have these brilliant ideas, but then Mm -hmm. the fear comes up or the doubt comes up or the, I could never do that. And their idea is so good and could change so much for them. And they're just stuck on how it's making them feel. So why do you think people don't have control over our thoughts? Like, why do you think our mind just races around and runs away from us all the time? Yeah, a couple of reasons. One, that's just the way the human brain has evolved, right? Like our 
primitive brain and our prefrontal cortex have not kind of kept up with each other. Mm. Pre the primitive brain kind of always wants there to be danger and it just kind of looks at that and it's always kind of searching of like how to keep us safe, right? So yeah. In our evolution, that's the way that brain is done. But current day, we're not really under the types of danger that we probably were. Well, we're clearly not in the kinds of danger that we were as we were evolving. And that brain just hasn't kept up with that. And the other part is we're never taught that, right? We're never pulled aside and said, listen, all of those tens of thousands of thoughts that you have in your brain every day, they're not all true. You don't have to believe them all. You don't have to act on all of them. And they're not necessarily you. I think that's the really amazing part of us as humans is that we get to look like we can have a thought about our own thinking. Yes. Right? Like that higher level brain function of we actually get to, we can have a thought of like, oh, I'm thinking this or I'm thinking that. And it's not until we start to separate that because for so long, I think we're just patterned. And then like the neural pathway comes of like, we just believe this thought we keep having. Mm -hmm. And until you start to become aware of it and start to disrupt and interrupt some of those thought patterns, does that awareness even become like, oh, I don't even have to believe that. Or do I even believe that, right? Like really start to question what you're choosing to believe. Because I know for myself, when I finally realized that I am not my thoughts, that was a huge aha moment because our thoughts are so seductive. And so we think just because it pops into our head that it has to be right. Yeah, or that it's true. Yeah. And that is not at all the case. Like I read something in a psychology magazine once that we have 80,000 thoughts a day or 60,000 thoughts a day and like 80% of those are negative. And yet we give those just like random thoughts so much attention and emphasis. And then do you think when we pay attention to like, oh, well, since I'm thinking this thought that my idea sucks or I'm never going to be able to do that, then does that play in to the fear the people that you work with have? For sure. Because your brain doesn't know, mm -hmm. right? Your brain just wants to believe what you're thinking. So yeah. it's not going to be the one to be like, that's not true. Until you introduce the fact like to your thought process that that may not be true, your brain's like, okay, we're thinking it, so it must be true. Yes. Right? It's not the voice of wisdom. You have to become the voice of wisdom to your brain, not the other way around. <laughs> so what advice do you have for people to start becoming more aware of their thoughts? Yeah. So it's just that. It is really hearing me and many other teachers when they say you are not your thoughts, right? The same way that when you heard that, mm -hmm. you get your what? What do you mean? I can, I'm the watcher, right? I like to be like the observer or the watcher of your thoughts yeah. versus you are not your thoughts. And oh. I didn't start to truly believe that until probably within about the last five years when I was introduced to this work. Same thing. You just think this is happening. It goes back to kind of when you asked me what I'm rebelling about, right? Like this unconscious flow through life. It's mm -hmm. just happening and X happens and then Y happens and then Z happens. And unless you're really looking at each step along the way and questioning what's coming up for you, then you're not aware. You're not going to make the more conscious choice and you're not going to be able to create at the level you want to create what your life looks like. 
Yeah. And it's funny. I know for me, like one of the things that helps me is I kind of treat my brain as a character, especially at night when you're tired. It's for me, it's like so easy for my mind to just like, I'm just going to run free, (laughs) run amok. I'm always like brain. What are you thinking right now? Why are you thinking that? And it just snaps me back to like, okay, I'm on automatic pilot right now. And I think that's a really important thing is that you always have to come back because in some ways, yeah, you're right. That's our natural state just to let our thoughts run away with us. Yeah. And I I wish I had the answer to what it is about like the minute that you go to lay down in bed and then it's like, here come all the ideas and all the things you didn't do and all the reasons why it sucked. And it's such a funny like trick at night when you're a similar thing. I'm like, no, we are going to sleep. Yes. Yes. Or my other one is when I get up in the middle of the night to like go to the bathroom and all of a sudden it's like, I'm going to think all of these thoughts. Did you pay this bill? Did you talk to this client? Did you do this thing? Did the cats have enough food? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I just want to go back to bed. When it kicks on like that, right? It's like you have to get up and like stumble and be like, don't wake up, don't wake up, don't wake up. (laughs) It's like the mantra, don't wake up, don't wake up. So what change do you most want to create in the world with your work? So going with that, with people becoming aware that they are not their thoughts, I want to see more people talking about the emotions in entrepreneurship. Mm. So I started my first business with my then roommate, now husband, in 2001. And then I started the W Collective, the coaching practice that I have just a couple of years ago. Yeah. And from 2001 to 2016, I'm guessing late 16s when I started, very different paths to entrepreneurship, which I love because now it's, you know, there's a lot more people entering this adventure and this journey and there's some brilliant entrepreneurs coming out there. But one thing that I don't think we are talking about is the negative emotions are going to come up, right? It's not all fantastic. Yes, there are bits and pieces of it that are fantastic and the freedom that comes with it and the way you get to work on your terms. But there's also a lot of negative, if you want to call them negative emotions, just emotions that don't feel as good and things that you're going to bump up against. And I don't think that we talk about that enough. We don't talk about the fear and the imposter syndrome and the doubt, the ebbs and flows of cash sometimes, right? Like that Mm -hmm. or famine cycles that pretty much all kind of startups or entrepreneurs get into. Yes. And there are brilliant world-changing ideas out there that I feel get stifled. They get stuck because of that great unknown or because of the discomfort that comes up for that. So I just, I would love for there to be more vulnerability and truth about what is hard in the path to entrepreneurship. Amen. I feel like we've been, you know, fed this line of bullshit, basically, where it's like, oh, you've always got to be positive and like the law of attraction doesn't work unless you have a positive mindset Mm -hmm. and you think positive thoughts. And so then when things don't go well, all of a sudden you blame yourself. And not only that, there's not any good role models for what entrepreneurship actually looks like. Yeah. And you and and I've talked a little bit about that before too. It's this 
when that hard part comes up, then you think you've done it wrong, right? Like I'm not going to be a good enough entrepreneur because it shouldn't feel this way. Yes, it absolutely should feel that way. Part of the time it's going to feel really, really good. And part of the time it's going to feel shitty. And that is the journey. Yes. And I don't think people want to admit publicly or even privately that they feel shitty and that that's That's, okay. Yeah. So I would... I would like to just see that, like, just be a little more brave, manage your minds, going back to like when we start to look at our thoughts, manage your mind, manage your emotions and put it out into the world. Whatever level that is for you, whether it's, you know, you have a little idea that's just going to make you and your family better or your community better, or if you have this massive world changing idea in your mind and that's your entrepreneurial journey, please go for it. Like the world needs whatever those brilliant ideas are just rattling around in people's brains. And I want to let them know that it's going to feel uncomfortable and there will be some tears and there will be some panic and still a hundred percent worth doing. Ah, yes. Even though there's tears and there's panic. That's 100% worth doing. I love that. And I think that is, is so important. So for you, how have you, this little bit unplanned question, how have you been bringing that into how you're showing up in your business? Yeah, definitely talking about it more, right? Similar things of just having the more honest conversations, having the vulnerability around it. And just talking about it more, and especially when I get like a younger entrepreneur or Mm -hmm. someone with this brand new business idea that's never done a business before. So I work with some people that have been in business a long time and I get, you know, they've kind of ridden the roller coaster a few times, if you will. So after you've been in business for a while, you're like, oh, this is just the way it's supposed to be. Although I did have my own little aha, honestly, in January. So not that long ago, even my brain wanted to, to mess with me a little bit, which is also just being human. But I had this realization like, oh, it's always going to be this way. So since we had been in business, like we've had our other company, like I said, since 2001, right? We're going on 18 years. And I keep thinking at one point, I thought it was going to get to like this level where it just was. Finally, through even all of my own mind management and all of, you know, like really diving into this work, I'm like, oh, it's just going to be this way, which was kind of comforting because I'm like, I have the tools to manage it. I have the tools to do this work. Yeah. But I really honestly thought that up until probably just last month that you got to this point where it was just like all good. And it's like, oh, it's going to all be easy. The cash is always going to be there. It's going to be consistent. And that's not necessarily true. Correct. Right. So it's like, this is just part of what we do. We manage our minds and we look at our emotions and we decide what we're going to do and we take the next step. But there was actually, like I said, there was true comfort in that because I think before I was resisting it, right? Thinking when I get to the X level or when I get to this and that now my brain is like, we don't get there. We, this is just our work together. We're always going to be doing this work and there's always going to be something else to figure out and you know how to do that. Yeah. I think especially if we want to grow what we're building, right? So if, mm-hmm. as your business grows and as you grow as a person and in relationships and with your teams or your co-founders or whoever you're doing work with, as you grow in growth, there is that discomfort. So that's where having these tools to look at your mind and look at the emotions around entrepreneurship, that's where I think the benefit is. Love it. I love it. So your three-word rebellion is create how you feel. Can you tell me what that means and how we go about doing it? (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I love this. And I love the evolution of the way that it came out in, in our work together. Uh-huh. So I, I certified through Brooke Castillo and the Life Coach School. In the model that we are taught in, at the Life Coach School, it's, there's circumstances. Those are things that just happen in your life, right? That's the facts of life. They're completely neutral until you have a thought about them. Mm-hmm. Once you have a thought about them, your thought creates your feeling. Your feeling is what's going to drive your action, your inaction, or your reaction. And from that, you get your result or the reality of what you're trying to create, right? So it's the self-coaching model, which I know you're a fan of Brooks and the model. Yes, I am. (laughs) And it's the best tool to manage pretty much anything that comes up, life, love, business, anything that comes up in your life. It is the great tool to help manage all of that. So mine came out of really looking at that F line of the model, the feelings line, right? That emotional connection. To me, that's the catalyst, right? I think all lines of the model are valuable, but to me, it was really working with that F line. And after client after client, seeing them bump up against not really being able to explain the emotion they were feeling. It'd be like, I feel good. I feel happy. Like there are hundreds of emotions. Why do I get kind of the, or I'm scared or I'm pissed, right? Like it was like four or five out of the hundreds of emotions that are available. The more I dug into even my own emotional wellness kind of around some of this, like the way that I would tie my emotions to maybe like the circumstance instead of a thought. So it was within my own evolution of the work and work through my clients. It was like, oh, that's the magic, at least for me, like the, that F line was the magic. And It's really digging into how, like, oh, we can create how we want to feel. Like, that's actually a thing, right? Because if our thoughts are creating our feelings, then we just go back to our thoughts. And that's going back to you and I's work together. Yeah. Becoming the observer or the watcher of our thoughts and thinking, like, do I even want to think that? So if you're thinking a thought that was causing you something painful, we would go back to that thought and dig into it and be like, is this a thought that you want to choose to continue to think? And if not, what thought can we work on together to get you to create a better emotion that will then drive the action that you want to get the result you want? Yeah. And I think that's the powerful part of the work because if you are feeling, let's say, anxious, right? You feel anxious and then you can go back and ask yourself, okay, so I feel anxious. I feel it in my body. I feel my heart racing. I feel, you know, my palms are sweating. What am I thinking that is causing that anxiety to crop up, that anxiousness? Mm-hmm. And I think that's really powerful because then you realize it's like, oh, well, I'm nonstop worrying right now. It's like, okay, well, what's a better thought that I can have that can actually help me ease how I'm currently feeling if it's negative? Yeah. And with anxiety, it's, anxiety is one of those ones that also people have usually felt a long time, right? So your anxiety can be even more than a thought. Like that can be mm-hmm. such a deep neural pathway in your brain that sometimes we even just put that as like, okay, you are anxious. Let's just assume that anxiety is always going to be there. Yeah. But not let it stop you. Yes. So it's not, I didn't want it to seem as easy as like, oh, you're anxious. You just change your thoughts. Because that's not always the truth either. I wish that I could just snap my fingers sometimes and take people's anxiety, mm-hmm. my own included away. But 
that's not always the case. And I didn't, I know anxiety is a very real thing for a lot of people. So there's, yeah, there's the difference between like generalized, you know, just kind of anxiety or unrest versus like having a clinical condition. Correct. You're right. It is the thoughts that you're having, but sometimes those are such old thoughts or deep beliefs that you've been, you know, and a belief is just a thought that you've been thinking a very, very long time that you have that anxiety. So it is starting to kind of unravel or unweave that subconscious thought of like what's causing the anxiety. Yeah. Or also giving you that thought that you could go to to kind of ease that so you can still take action. Where I think the other part of this creating how you feel is those having that emotion that then stops you from taking the next best step. Mm-hmm. That's the other part of the work that's so powerful is, okay, I am feeling a little anxious around this. If anxiety or the anxiousness coming up around, you know, whatever you've put in your R line that you want to achieve is stopping you, what other feeling would at least get you to the next best step? Yes. So we're not stopping because that's the thing too. It's like you get these ideas and then it doesn't feel good, right? It feels shitty or it feels really uncomfortable. So then oftentimes we just stop. And that's going back to what I'm rebelling against. I don't want those brilliant ideas to just stop because it feels uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think it's so easy to go into an action when we feel, you know, overwhelmed or a little worried or anxious or like, oh my gosh, this idea is too big for me, that kind of thing. I think it's so easy to just be like, oh, well, I'm just not going to do anything. Just like, I'm just going to stand still right now and not do it. And then that becomes the new status quo. And then we never act on our big ideas. Yeah, so stand still and never act, or we go into numbing it out, right? This yeah. doesn't feel good, so what can I do to make it feel better? Is that, I know mm-hmm. you joked about my, my, one of my numbing agents is Justin's dark chocolate peanut butter cups. Uh-huh. Or a midday bath, or, you know, any number of things. For some people, that's social media, or a bottle of wine, or a glass of wine, or whatever that looks like at the end of the day, because it didn't feel good. So what can I do to make it feel better? We can choose to numb out, or you can do some harder work and look at your brain a little closer and your thoughts, and then create how you want to feel out of that. Yeah, because the numbing out's the easy choice, right? It's like, I'm just going to scroll through Instagram for the next hour. I'm going to play a game on my phone or watch Netflix all night long versus, Mm -hmm. so you're distracted from that uncomfortable feeling versus being like, all right, I feel this. I'm feeling it. It's okay. Yeah. And I can choose a different thought and that will help me feel a little bit different, which will help me then get back into action. Exactly. Which helps you achieve the result that you want to achieve. Yes. And then once you start to do this, and it is a practice, like this is a daily practice, doing the thought download, cleaning out your brain each morning, deciding what, you know, like which thoughts you want to keep, which ones are going to help you create your results. And then doing that, it becomes a practice, a retraining of the brain. So that's what I wanted to ask you. What is a thought download? I keep hearing the term, like I see you post about it on Instagram and I've heard Brooke talk about it. And I'm like, what is that exactly? So we were talking about when you lay down at night, I can do them at night sometimes too. If my brain is in that like spin, you know how mm-hmm. you and I were talking about sometimes when you yeah. decide to go lay down, it's like, I think you said like, do the cats have food or did I do this or did I do that? So I keep a notebook by my bed and you just dump it all out, right? Like all of that and don't edit it, don't judge it, just start writing. Mm-hmm. So like stream of consciousness writing or a thought download, I just think of, of it as like all those thoughts 
are going from my brain, through my arm, through the pen, into the paper, and then I'm done with them. Okay. You can That's also, a great visualization. Yeah. So you can also do it in the morning. Same thing in the morning, right? I do mine a little differently. So I started doing transcendental meditation a couple of years ago. Okay. One of the best gifts I've ever given my crazy brain. I think it's the combination of the TM and the thought models that keep me sane at this point. But uh-huh. I do my morning meditation. And then when I come out of meditation, I do my thought download. From that, I'll model a couple of those thoughts, right? Which one is going to get me the result that I need. Or if there's something, sometimes uh, you'll notice like two or three days, like the same thought keeps coming up, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just as simple as writing and writing and writing. 10 minutes, 15, like however long it takes. And I think as you practice it, like some days mine are pretty short and some days it's pages and pages and pages. It just depends on the chaos of your brain for that day. Like what's coming up, especially if there's, you know, outside stressors that are coming on or if you have, you know, like you have a book coming out, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yes, I do. Can I say that? Yes, 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 yes. People know. (laughs) It's official. I'm like, did I just out the book? No, Um, no. (laughs) (laughs) Probably by the time this airs, it will already be out and available on Amazon. (laughs) Okay, great. So as you start to do your book thing, I'm guessing that like your brain would be giving you all these extra thoughts about the book coming out and how it's going to be received and how am I going to do that, right? So I just want you like just write all that out. And you may notice the same thought keeps coming up over and over. So that's one or a same feeling, right? Like in your thought download, if it's also like I'm feeling panicked or I'm feeling happy or I'm feeling overjoyed, you can also put, it doesn't have to be, this is one mistake that I made when I first started doing this work. I thought that it always had to be something that didn't feel good. You can also take a really good thought or a really good feeling and put that in the model because that's going to drive your actions to get your results even more, right? Like most people yeah. are driven by that positive. So in the beginning, I around my own confusion in that is I thought that it had to be something bad that I was trying to make better. That's not true. Like pick any one of them. I mean, yours literally could be the thought, does the cat have enough food? And do we have enough cat food? And if you wanted to model that out, it might just be like, yes, there it is in the model. Of course we have enough cat food. I do not need you to keep bringing this up, right? This is wasted (laughs) mental energy. Yes. So it can be as simple as that, or it could be as panicky as the book drop or my next launch or my, I mean, anything that comes out of the human brain, which is Mm -hmm. a lot. (laughs) So you just write it all out, don't edit it, and then pick a thought or a feeling or whatever and plug that into the model. Clean it. That's like, I call it like cleaning up your brain. So for me, it's between the transcendental meditation and the thought models. I just feel like I have a fairly clean brain, but I, the way that I keep it, you know, continually tidied is doing that work pretty much every day. Yeah. So starting your day with the meditation, go to the thought download Mm -hmm. and then put things into the model. And I think that's a really, a really important step is what I love about the work that you're doing is that it makes it so logical because our thoughts are just all over the place and they just are like wild monkeys. right? (laughs) But with the model, you can actually just take one thought plug it in or one feeling or an action and just plug it in anywhere in the model and work 
from there. And it's weird to say, but it, it feels like it's giving you more control because it is, right? Like it's giving you more control over what your mind is doing and what actions you're taking. Yeah. And I think it helps separate out the, like the facts from the drama, right? Because our brains are drama queens, let's be honest. They like to spin it up and spin it up pretty quick. So if it's something that you can feel like, oh, I'm going to catastrophize this, then you, you put it in the model and you're like, that's not even a big deal. <laughs> like once you look at it, it's really not. But if, you, if you're not looking and cleaning it out of what's in there, there's so many of those smaller thoughts or those sticky old thoughts that are just kind of like gunked up in our brain that we want to believe because we've been believing them a long time. So it's really starting that like clean out. And if you don't meditate, you don't have to meditate. I was just kind of giving yes. my morning there. I know that some people are like, oh, I can't meditate. Then just write it out. Do your thought download and dump it out and plug it into the model. As you practice this a couple times and you start to see the results, you're like, oh, that feels better, right? Like yes. a cleaner brain feels better than a junked up brain. Oh my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. And if you're listening to this and you're like, I want more on this model, I'll hook you up with some resources for finding out more about the model because it is a very powerful tool. So I have one last question for you. If every entrepreneur acted on your three-word rebellion, create how you feel, what would the world be like? Mm, I love that question. Me too. <laughs> Emotional wellness is what I think it would be like. So we're never really taught about our, our emotions. I was guilty with this with, with my kids. I'd be like, don't do this. You'll hurt your sister's feelings. Or you know, now they hate it because my oldest will be like, she's so annoying. And I tell her, your thoughts about her are annoying. She doesn't always like having me with that, you know, throw that back in her that it's not her sister. It's her thoughts about her sister that are annoying her. <laughs> Overall, if every entrepreneur acted on it, it would be that emotional wellness and it would be in business and it would be in life and it would be in your, the loved ones and your relationships and just like the whole human experience. You would just emotionally know how to respond instead of react and start to look a little bit more of like, is this even how I want to be feeling? Is this feeling an option? And lean in a little bit to like the discomfort ones, right? I think so many people want to numb out things that don't feel good when if we would just allow them and sit with them and realize that this is part of this adventure and you're going to be okay on the outside of that. We don't need to numb them out where we're only, are always only feeling good. We can experience and you have to, right? That's the ebb and the flow. That's like the dark and the light. Like you have to feel the bad to know what the good feels like. And you have to experience the good to know what the bad is. They exist together. Yeah. If you can't experience the bad, then you can't fully feel the good either. It is that. Yeah. It is that, that yin and yang, right? Like yeah. you have to have the two sides of that together. And it's within us to be able to create that right? Managing our mind, looking at our thoughts, knowing that our thoughts create our feelings, mm -hmm. and then taking those feelings and doing the action and the result. Yes, yes. And knowing that the bad feelings pass. They do. And yeah. you'll be feeling something else different soon. <laughs> and the good feelings pass. <laughs> yes, those pass too. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you, Stacey, so much for coming on the podcast. Tell us where people can find you online. I am on Instagram at the W Collective. 
My website is thewcollective.com. Yes, and I highly encourage you to follow Stacy. She's so open in her Instagram stories about this process that we were talking about, the thought downloads and the the self-coaching model that you can get so, you can learn so much from her by just watching how she shows up every day. Thanks, Michelle. You're welcome. And thank you for being on the show. Yeah, it was fun. Thank you so much for listening to the Rebel Rising Podcast. If you enjoyed the show and find it valuable, please rate and review us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. When you leave us a review, you help more people find the show. For more information on working with me on your three-word rebellion messaging or your keynote speech and speaker marketing, go to drmichellemazur.com. See you next time, Rebel Riser. 